Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hello and uh, welcome. My name's Bill um, and you're listening to the Living Free Show on 3CR Community Radio. 855 kilohertz on the AM dial. I'd like to thank Ruminations for another great show this afternoon. Uh, today we're talking about alcoholism, the family disease, and how support from a 12th step group like Alan and Family Groups can make a real difference. Our focus is on Alateen uh, today, uh, the teenage segment <coughs> of Alanon. I'd like to welcome John to the 3CR studio this afternoon. Hi, John. Hi, Bill. Pleased to be here. Uh, John's going to share his experience of living with alcoholism and how Al-Anon groups, family groups, helped him to cope a little better. Um, John's also an Alateen sponsor and the Alateen coordinator, so he has a lot of experience with and about Alateen. Um, John, you've, you've been in Alateen for quite a while. You, you came in in your early, what, 20s? As <coughs> um 26 when I came in I was um, I was uh, asked to come in by my mother and I wasn't sure what come in or not and I finally went over because my life had become unmanageable I tried everything else to cope and uh, my coping mechanisms uh, never worked so um, I was encouraged to go to Alanon right yes um, yeah I, I think I started in in Alanon about the same time as you um, and in my early 20s um, and I came into what was sort of an offshoot of, or sort of halfway between Alan and Alateen, I guess. It was called in-betweens. And, um, and like Alateen, we, we had a couple of sponsors who were sort of older, more experienced Alanon members who would um, help us resolve issues that we, we had. And those issues were things that we couldn't, couldn't figure out ourselves. Um, so um, I know you, you came in around Mooney Ponds, didn't you? That was... Yeah, that's correct. It's, um, I I came there because um, I was drinking. My father was um, drinking heavily, and my brother, and and no one knew what was going on. And everyone in the family tried to um, to try and work out what the problem was, and and no one knew that alcoholism was a disease. We all associated alcoholism with the um, the man in the um, park on the park bench with a bottle of metho, but. Um, my father was a functioning um, worker, and he, he, and he was an alcoholic, and uh, and so was my brother. He um, he got into alcohol very early, and um, and and did things that a, a person drinking wouldn't do, or they wouldn't do if they weren't drinking, and they um, sort of um, made everything um, um, feel embarrassed, and um, we sort of felt ashamed, and all this sort of stuff, and I and I couldn't work out. Why, why I couldn't do a link to um, to solve it, and I thought if if I was only good enough or or better and better, I'd be able to do it. But uh, when I went to my first meeting, I went there and I discovered people when they spoke, they had the same in the same situation as me and, and dealing with the same problems, and they were coping. and um, And I knew from that day that I wasn't alone, and that there was help, and, and things could get better. And these people, their life was better, and a lot of them had been through. Um, far more um, trauma than I'd ever been through, and they were coping and coping well. So, from the first meeting, I, I knew like that feeling of being home and being welcomed, and um, 
that everything would be okay. So, yeah, it was. I found it also. It was like um, like another a second family, I guess. And yeah. the Alan at the time uh, that I came in was mainly um, older women, like like my mother, uh, about my mother's age, I suppose. And um, I found that these people were sort of like my aunties. And it was it was a really good good feeling having come from a a very difficult home because in, in an alcoholic home you don't really have close relationships with anybody because you have to part of the the only way the alcoholism can keep going is if you deny that it's a problem and so you don't talk about it outside of the home and so in that way. Um, nobody really knows what's going on. They they can't really understand why you're doing what you're doing. That's correct. And, and, you, and you just don't have this you don't have this social rapport with people that you would normally because you can't tell them stuff that's going on. That's correct. Yeah. yeah, I found that too. I uh, I left home after a big argument and then I travelled around Australia looking for answers. And I thought if I could get away from the situation, I'd be okay. But I wasn't okay, and then I, I I went over did the overland track over to Europe, and, um, and and I thought if I get far enough away, I'd be okay. But I escaped from the, the family home and the situation, but I couldn't escape from myself, and I, I took all my um, isms with me, as they say, and um, I even went down uh, went up to Norway, and I, I knew if I went any further, I'd be coming back again. That's how far away I was, but um, I still had that um, bad feeling, and I I came back to Melbourne, and then. Um, I just couldn't cope. Just you know, nightmares and um, and um, um, beds and the, you know, the sheets would be all over the place and, and um, trying to escape and 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 just that feeling of not being quite right and things just weren't quite right and, and I wasn't in the situation in but but my mind had been affected by um, by what had happened for so long that um, I needed someone to help help me and um, I was. Glad that I, when I went to um, this group called In Betweens, it was um, what well, was called In Betweens. It was in between Alateen, which is for young um, teenagers from a twelve to nineteen or twenty, and then there's Alanon. Alanon is for any <coughs> anyone, and um, I uh, <coughs> I needed that young support then, and um, that was it was really good. And um, it was funny how things had changed. That my first um, Thing that how I helped out at the meetings was um, putting the ashtrays out of a night uh, before a yeah. meeting. <laughs> now you, they, you get shot for that now, but uh, yeah, that was the first thing. And and um, yeah, you're lucky to see the person at the front with all the smoke and that. But uh, things have certainly changed since then. Yeah, now I remember those too, where you'd, you'd um, people would leave the meeting to go out and have a smoke and come back. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen anymore, does it? How how things change. Um, yeah, talking about geographicals, I think um, most people don't really realise that living or growing up in an alcoholic situation or living with an alcoholic, um, you think that once once the drinking stops or once the alcoholic dies or goes away, that your life will magically right itself. Mm-hmm. But the trauma continues because, as you say, we've, we've got the, the isms. We, it's, it's, it's the... Um, it's a way of living without the drinking and it's it has the same negative impact on your life because it, it influences the way you think about other people and think about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I found that um, the only way I could cope was sort of to close down and to deny my feelings. So I was to push them down all the time and push them down. 
until I was, I was like a fish. I had no feelings at all. And when I had no feelings of anger, I had no feelings of happiness or um, s- sadness or anything else. I just liked um, deadlining, flatlining. So um, uh, that's what happens. You, you've got, I've, I've learned to have feelings now and to express my feelings. And um, I, I can express my feelings of anger without being um, angry or affecting someone. I can say, well, I'm, I'm angry about that and this is why I'm angry and I can I could be angry at the situation but not angry at the person or um, abuse that person personally for the you know to just go at the what the situation's doing yeah it's it's about the principle isn't it yeah it's respecting the other person's right to be exactly how they are and um, I guess realizing my part in in the problem is that if I don't put myself in a position to be hurt then there's less chance of me being hurt but having this feeling of over-responsibility as a child that I had to do something about Dad's drinking, that I always felt I had to, had to react or respond to what he, what he did. And when I came to Al-Anon, I found out that I didn't have to actually do anything. I could do nothing, and that was probably the safest thing to do because that wouldn't make the situation worse. Yeah, I, <clears throat> this is what I, I found. That what happened a lot of times in our household was... Um, my father would come home and he'd have a few drinks and he'd be happy, no trouble at all, except that non-alcoholics would start picking on him and, and saying how bad he was and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then the big arguments would start. And then that was a learnt behaviour that I picked up and um, I took that into my adult life, which was really stupid. Uh, but that was the only way I knew I, I knew um, how to cope and, and sort of thing and, and always look at the other person, not look at myself. But when I'm doing it, I'm not growing. And this is what Balanon's taught me, to look at myself, improve myself. And someone said to me, I was talking to them, and they said, John, you, you can see the splinter in the alcoholic's eye, but you can't see the plank in your own. And I stopped and I thought, yeah, that's correct, yeah. yeah. Look at myself and improve myself instead of them. Um, and I found too that I was using the alcoholic as an excuse to um, to be lazy and to, to not do things and to slacken off. And, um, and like, who wouldn't? Who Like I'd say, to, or, or why should I? Or, you know, who wouldn't? Look what I've gone through and all this sort of thing. And they're doing this, so I'll do that. Uh, but um, now I know I'm responsible for my actions. No matter what anybody else does, drinking or, or not drinking, I'm still responsible for my actions. And uh, I, I can't blame anybody for um, the things that I do or the things that I don't do. It's my responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt uh, coming to Alan that I was responsible for everything and just to learn that I wasn't responsible for the alcoholic, that the alcoholic, if they drank, you know, my father, I think he was um, you know, 35, 36 years older than me and he was me, a teenager, trying to tell him how to live his life and it was just absurd. You know, I, I had no life experience. He'd, he'd been through the Second World War um, you know, he'd done all these things, and, and there was me thinking that I should be telling him how to live his life, and you know that's just crazy thinking. But that's growing up in an alcoholic family, you have this sense of over responsibility, and yeah, it's you, yeah, you just don't know that you're causing problems for yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what they say in Alan when I first joined was. Um the main thing is restoration of self-esteem because you usually come in broken because we tried to fix the unfixable. Uh, the best minds in the world can't fix alcoholism, so we've, we sort of blame ourselves. We should have done it. And sort of, it reminds me that um, one time when we was young, me, my father came home, 
and he was drunk and he's yelling and screaming and he's banging on the door and my mother locked herself in the bedroom and he's screaming and trying to get in and then my sister and I were trying to um, get him to have a cup of coffee and thought, oh, we'll get some sleeping pills, so what can we do? And and, we, and my brother was under the bed crying and um, it was sort of pandemonium. We're thinking, what can we do? What can we do? Anyway, the, the neighbours called the police and the police come and things got settled down. And I always thought, well, why couldn't I have done something? I should have been able to do something. Why I should have. And, and Alan Anders taught me, no, I, I can't. I'm powerless over alcohol. I'm powerless over the alcoholic. Only thing I can do is get out of the way and make a good life for myself, yeah. So, so I learned that um, I, I carried that um, sense of um, unworthiness for years and years until I come into Alan Anders and to say that, no, John, you're a worthwhile person. Yeah, yeah that's right. Every, everybody's where they are right now. And they can't be anywhere else. If they could, they they'd be there. Yeah. It's, yeah. So it's accepting accepting where we are right now is really really crucial. Um, so after in betweens, um, you just moved into Alanon. Was that the the path? No, no. Um, after in betweens, I um I got married and we had um, three children and, and I um I thought things were going swimmingly and everything was going well and. Um, uh, I'd learned about alcoholism in my family, and um, I made the mistake of marrying a girl who who drank heavily. But I thought that's all right. We all at, at that age we all drank heavily. But, um, yeah, but then I found later that she had the, um, the symptoms of alcoholism, and um, I, w- I came back to Alanon, so I, I knew where to go for help. I knew where to go, um, and I've learned that you can love a drinker even if they're still drinking. It's it's and as long as you look after yourself and don't blame them and watch them and you get on with your own life and um, you, st- you still can have a good life. And um, I've got, um, like I said, three three beautiful children and they're all uh, got good jobs, high achieve. I just had a um, uh, a grandson born three months ago, so we're wow. all all chuffed about that yeah. little fella called Finn. So, um, um, but, um Life, um, yeah, you, you, you can still um, have a good life, like either the alcoholic is still drinking or not. And a, a lot of times, that even if the alcoholic does stop drinking, things get worse. So because yeah. they they have stopped drinking, but but we haven't worked on ourselves. So we've got. To, I find that we have. I have to work on myself to get um, to get better, and I want to get better. And I know I've got choices today. I, I can be miserable and wander around and say, "Oh, look, look what life's dealt me." Look, this pack of cards life's dealt me. But or I can say, "No, this life's good, and I'm going to make the the most of it." That's what I'm doing. I, I'm going to have a good time, and I'm enjoying myself, and. Um, <clears throat> but I, I still respect other people's opinions and other people's right to 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 be right and other people's right to be wrong. And and I've and I've learnt now I'm allowed to be wrong too. I'm allowed yeah. to be wrong, yeah, which I, I never thought I was allowed to. I had to be right or cover up or, or get angry when someone um said that I was wrong. But uh, that's okay now. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, you can have a good life. That's the main thing in Alanine. You can have a good life with the alcoholic still drinking or not. That's it's it's the main thing, and we're all worthwhile people. Just because someone's drinking doesn't reflect on you; it reflects on them. It reflects on them, and they drink not because you you caused them, which I thought I caused them. And then someone looked at me and said, "John, hey, you're not that powerful, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down." So there's no one can make someone drink, and no one can make it, a person stop drinking. The only person who can get an alcoholic to stop drinking is the alcoholic himself. 
They're yeah. the ones, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah so respect. Uh, yeah, my dad never stopped drinking. Um, he drank for a number of years before he died. Um, and there's, you know, really all I could do was to allow him to be himself. He was an alcoholic. He, he drank. He caused problems. Um, the family struggled with it. Um, for me, it was a lot easier because I'd I'd made that decision. I'd I'd made peace with him, and we had a pretty good relationship, which was which was really good. And the thing is, you can have a very good relationship with an alcoholic, drunk or sober, if you're not trying to control them. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Control, yeah. control. Yeah. Yeah. If we let them <coughs> live their life, and it, there's a slogan we have. It's called "Live and Let Live," which I found very helpful. The slogan says "Live and Let Live," which means that I can live my life, and that means to live it, not to just stumble along and just take this, you know, what, what's left over from, from the scraps of other people, but to, to live my life and have a good life and let the other person live their life. And we, just because a person's married, we're not, we're not chained at the ankle and we don't have to do things together all the time. We're, we're allowed to go different places and have different friends and, uh, yeah, and if someone wants to go out and drink and that, well, good on them. They can do it a lot. Um, it's, um, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's not my business, and so yeah, I look after myself, and I, and believe me, I'm, I'm far from perfect, so I've got a lot, a lot of work to do. So keep me busy for a long time. <laughs> yeah, um, and you mentioned your mum um, came to Al-Anon, uh before you came in. Um, so any of other of your uh, brothers and sisters come in as well? Or? No, no, it's um, my sister. Um, she thinks says Alanon is good, and she's um. Tells people to go to him, and with the job she had, used to recommend Alan all the time, but she'd never go herself. She used to come to the meeting and sit out the sit out the front, <laughs> and when she'd take my mother to a meeting. But um, <clears throat> I had a lot of trouble getting. To, I didn't go to Alan for a long time because I just thought it was. Um, uh, I didn't. It could help me. It wasn't for me. And these, and I was told that well, it's um, only use first names, and we, we we don't know what profession you have. We don't want to know where you live, and there's there's no fees. You know, not going to get signed up for. You know, direct debit or anything like that is the money. The basket comes around, you put in what you can afford, and it goes to um the, the to, to support the rent in the hall where we, where we meet or, and the pay for the tea and coffee, and the, what's left over goes to support the office in the city. Yeah, so it's um it's um yeah it's and um my brother he he was a, a, a drinker and a um and on the drugs and that and he's um, yeah. He wasn't into it either. Uh, he went to AA, and he, it wasn't for him. But um, that was his choice, or that, that was the way it was. And yeah, but uh, you can still love an alcoholic. I never thought you could. You can still love him. And uh, <clears throat> they say you um, take the alcoholic away from the per- the alcohols away from the person. Love the person, hate the alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing I've learnt too that which which mucked my life up so much was when the alcoholic had been drinking they'd say these things and I'd take it to heart and I'd remember it and bring it up and they wouldn't remember it at all they couldn't and and they'd say I would never say that and and I'd get really really hurt and and it was just something that um that they said but when they were sick the same as um I know someone's a a type 1 diabetic and 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 if their sugar's low that they go into all the conscious state they say different things and um and I wouldn't hold that against them. So what would I hold against the alcoholic? That's what I thought you, you know. You're all, and all I was doing, hurting myself. Yeah. And there's yeah. a saying we have in Alan about um, holding a, a 
having resentments is like drinking poison, hoping someone else, to, hoping the other person to die got resentment against you know. So yeah, that, that that sort of made sense to me. I said yeah, all I'm doing is hurting myself instead of moving on and you know, life. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes, resentments. Uh, what's it say? It rots the container. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah. Well, you, the longer I hold on to it, the worse it is for me. Yeah. Well, I heard yeah. too, Sam. So if you want to destroy someone, teach them to hate. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Um, well, we'll swap things around a bit. So we might have some music. And this is one of your songs that you've brought in with you. Um, and it's called Beautiful Boy by John Lennon from the Imagine album. So it's in dedication to... Oh, young, first grandson, um, young Finn. And... Um, we sing this in the car when he was down here, and it um, helps him. He, he rocked to sleep, but I don't know if he, he likes it. <laughs> my uh, my daughter and myself, we love it. To sing it to him. Yeah, Sounds you. good. Okay, here it goes. Ah, welcome back. Um, you're listening to Living Free on 3CR 855 kilohertz on your AM dial and 3CR on digital radio. Okay, um, I'm talking to John uh, from Alanon. And today we're talking about some activities in Al-Anon that um, this year is the 60th anniversary of both Al-Anon in Victoria and Alateen worldwide. So, John, would you like to um, tell us a little bit about Al-Anon, where Al-Anon came from and to become 60 uh, in Victoria? Um, yep. Um, well, how it came about is... Um AA was started by uh, Bill uh, Bill W and um, Dr Bob, and um, how he stopped um, he stopped drinking by talking to other people, encouraging them to stop drinking. And at their meetings, a lot of wives would come along and make the cakes and the the tea and all this sort of stuff, but they weren't getting the same thing out of it that um, the alcoholics were. And Bob's wife Lois. Um, decided to have um, m- meetings for the wives and relatives of the alcoholics, and that was um, she started that um, in 1935, and um, that was a, a great help for the people who had no one else to speak to, and they had someone who um, knew what they were talking about, and that's that went worldwide. And the first um, meeting in Victoria was in Ballarat, so. Um, there's one thing that Ballarat's got on Melbourne. That's like the first meeting, and now the meetings are all over all over Australia and uh, all well, naturally all over the world, but all over Australia and all over Victoria. There's um, especially in southern Victoria. There's um, meetings every day of the week and every night of the week. So if you're thinking of going to a meeting, there's a meeting close by, and you can look up Alanon on the um, on your um, computer on their website, and Alanon spelt A L hyphen A N O. N, yeah. So um, look that up, and that will tell you all the meetings. Uh, yeah, uh, there's also a phone number too. Um, if you want to call, if you want to contact Alan, and it's one three hundred two five two six six six. That's a helpline, and that'll get you Alan on anywhere in Australia. Um, so details about the sixtieth anniversary. Would you like me to read those out for you? Yeah, that'd be good. Um, it's on Saturday the 19th of August uh, in Melbourne, uh, in uh, in the city, at 1.30pm. Um, it's at the Robert White Hall, which is Level 1, 156 Collins Street, Melbourne. And it has Alan and Alateen speakers, of course, 
And it's also got a guest speaker from Alcoholics Anonymous and includes afternoon tea. So 19th of August at 1.30, uh, all welcome. Um, so Al-Anon, how big is Al-Anon in Australia? Have you got... Uh, I think there's um, 100 meetings in Victoria alone, so it's um, uh, there wouldn't be as many in other states for the, the um, course of the distance, say, like in Queensland and um, Western Australia like that. Yeah. But um, it's, you can always get a meeting or um, they have um, loan members where... Um, People will write to the pe- uh, people who live in um, in distant places, or um, other members will phone them and keep in contact with them that way. So there's, there's always help out there for them. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Alanon's um, obviously grown since 1957, um, and I guess we've been part of it, coming in in the 70s. Um, so that means that um, I guess we can always find someone to talk to if we need help. And and part of being an Alanon is being there for the new member. So, um, and I guess that's that's what keeps us coming back in real terms is to be there when somebody needs to understand something about Alanon. There's somebody at an Alanon group who can help them understand how alcoholism works and how it's pretty silly to fight it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I find too. And it's... Um like that, um, <clears throat> the anniversary meeting you, you just spoke about, there'd be an AA speaker there, and it's really good to hear the, hear the other point of view about uh, someone who was a drinker and they stopped drinking and how they felt, and to realise that they weren't out there just partying all the time and um, and couldn't care less about anybody else. And when you hear someone saying that they that they they couldn't stop drinking and they they tried not they tried stopping all the time, but they just, it was just a disease and it just got them. And and, and you understand why it's a lot of um, people suicide because they promise that they'll never ever do it again and their mind says oh just one drink will do one drink won't hurt you and once I've had one drink they'll have another drink and then so on and so forth and um, and they're back on that merry-go-round and we have a pamphlet called uh, merry-go-round called denial where there's that we always say there's that elephant in the room and, and everyone denies that there's nothing wrong with my husband he just drinks a little bit too much or he, he's not that bad and all this sort of thing but um, uh, and things at home aren't that bad but even if you're, um, I say to people, you, you're worried about someone's drinking, they have to be alcoholic, even if their drinking's affecting you and you're a relative or a friend, that's your ticket into the meetings and you'll find help, that there's help there for you. And like Bill was saying, the older members are there, they've been there before and, and they know what it's like and it's really good when a new member comes in because the, the, the whole meeting lifts and, and we can um, makes the older members realise what they were like when they came in and how bad life was and how confusing it was. And it's like um, the dimmer switch on the light. when you, after In Alon, the, the dimmer switch just gets gradually brighter and brighter and you can see see far more and you're just so much enlightened. Um, and it's, it's just through um, just coming to meetings and meetings and meetings. And when you go there, no one's going to tell you what to do or what you should do or what you shouldn't do. Everyone, they just speak about themselves and about what's helped them. And the good thing about it is it's all anonymous. So everything that's said at the meeting stays at the meeting. And you, you won't, um, no one will um, bring it up against you or anything. And you might say one thing one week and the next week you'll say something completely different. But that's okay. No one judges you. It's just a, a marvellous thing. And there's um, no fees or um, dues. Uh, and, and that really helps. Um, so you, you, you're just welcome. The, the, all we do is um, 
help friends and relatives of alcoholics. That's the only thing we do. We've got no interest in any outside issues at all. Nothing. We just That's the only thing that we do. Um, help people who've got trouble with someone's drinking is causing a problem. That's all we can do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, a lot of people just call it a uh, like getting a battery recharge, coming mm. to a meeting, being able to sit there and for an hour and a half people won't tell them they're wrong, they won't contradict them, they won't talk over them. Um, and so it allows people to get a perspective on their problems. And to, I guess for me, it, it helped me to realise that a lot of people who were in the meeting already had much bigger problems that I did, but the thing is I wasn't coping with mine. Mm. And, um, and that's really... And so it helped me to understand that I too could cope with my... If they could cope with that, then I should be able to cope with what I was putting up with. And that, that's a real step forward. Um, and, and John was talking about the dimmer switch. You know, to me, it's the um, your life goes off the pilot light, and you know the the, the gas jet kicks into full strength, and yeah. you feel empowered again. You feel empowered to get out of your own way and do things yourself that you were too frightened to do before, because you thought there'd be repercussions. And yeah. you, you know, and growing up in an alcoholic family, you're very anxious, and you're always worried about what will happen. And so you're always trying to control things. And, and then you realise that actually you don't have to do it. You can go and live your own life and nothing changes in the family. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of fan too that the main thing is that while we, we don't interrupt when someone speaks, it's to let them know that what they say is interesting and it's worthwhile and we want to listen to it. And it, like we, we don't interrupt because I, I, I know at um, our household, we, you wouldn't dare take a breath. <laughs> you took a breath when you spoke. Someone would jump in, and you you'd never get there, but, uh, or be criticised, and all this sort of thing. There's no no, uh, there's no such uh, not many um, compliments going around. So it's um, the Alanon meeting. Everyone, it's a place where everyone respects each other and respects their feelings, and um, and we, uh, people have different jobs, and we um, that's how we do it because people are volunteers, and. If you make a mistake, everyone says, "Well, that's all right. Keep coming back. Keep it's all right." Yeah, and there's no, and when we speak, there's no right way or wrong way. It's, it's just how you feel at that moment, how you feel, and it's like you, you, all these feelings we push down. It's happened to me. The only way they'd come out, I'd, I'd just stutter all the time, and I'd um, vomit of a morning, and I'd shakes, and I was on Valium, and now I, I could talk about how I feel, express these feelings, get get all this rubbish out. And that was when I went to my first meeting, this is a place that I felt free to be able to say how I felt and the people there wouldn't say, oh, you poor thing or, or, or you know, grow up or, you know, um, toughen up princess. They'd just say, oh, yeah, that's good. I've, I've felt like that myself, you know, and, and things will get better. And they did get better. It did, did get better. It took a, took a while, but they, they got better. And yeah. life's good, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. The other thing that I found was that I was able to um, put words to my feelings and emotions. Mm. That in an, in an alcoholic family, you don't talk about what you're feeling or your emotions very much because it's a point of it'll be used against you. And and I think that's the thing that being able to listen to other people talk about. I think one of them about the feelings, and one of them was um, somebody that came to our meeting. They, they talked about shame, and I'd never really use that word mm. I'd felt it but I'd never really used the word and I found that really powerful for me that I realised that I was really ashamed and um, that was 
that was very strong for me and and I think that's the thing that you that you do realize that the situation you're in so it's not I'm not abnormal in a normal situation I'm normal in an abnormal family situation and so mm. you realize that you're not a fish out of water it's the other way around that you're the you're you're the normal one but everything else it's just a, a very strange environment that you're in yeah that's correct I I, I found it um a shame too of my, my father he's a um, very successful businessman and had had charisma and, and like most alcoholics he was um um, a really nice fella and got on with everyone and um, but then he'd get drunk and everyone, he'd be a laughing stock and I just felt so ashamed and so bad and felt really awful and but he didn't seem to didn't seem to worry him but so I was to take on his shame and his guilt and all that and I took it on for him and that was so stupid and now I've learnt well no nah, you don't have to don't do that I I only things I can be ashamed about is the things that I do not what other people do that's up to them. Yeah, I can only control what 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 I do and what I don't do. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, well, I think we're up to another song, and this is another one that you've um, brought in, and it's called "Woman" by John Lennon again from his Imagine album. So, why did you bring pick this one? Oh, it's just um, one part about um, is it the, the child inside the man. Sometimes I feel like that. There's a, a I'm in a man's body, but there's a, a child inside me, and. Um, yeah, when you hear the words, you'll, I hope you'll understand. Yeah, yeah no, it's one of my favourites too. So here we go. Ah, welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Living Free Show on 3CR, 855 kilohertz on your AM dial and 3CR on digital radio. I'm talking to John from Alanon um, about Alanon and Alateen. So, John, this, this year is the worldwide Alateen's 60th anniversary. Would you like to tell us a bit about... Um, Alateen and its origins and what it means. Yes, um, thank you, Bill. Um, Alateen was um, started obviously 60 years ago. It was by a, a 17 year old boy called Bob. His parents were in um, Ala, his mother was in Alateen, uh, Alanon, and his father was in AA. And he couldn't, he, he liked Alanon, but he, he couldn't get what he wanted out of it. Uh, the way he's um, what was happening to him, so he got five of his friends together, and uh, with encouragement of his parents, he started his own group, an Alateen group. And um, a few years later, he had um, or nineteen fifty-eight. That's one year later. There was 39, 39 groups, and then um, it's got bigger and bigger, and. Um, what have we got here? 1962, there was 203 registered groups. And the last survey we've had, that was in 2010, there was 1,700 groups worldwide. Wow. So it's, um, it's grown and it's um, obviously there's a need for it. Yes, and uh, we're lucky in Victoria we have um, four groups here which are, are going well. We've got one in um, Glenroy, one in uh, Malvern East, one in Frankston, and there's one in the country area at a place called Wonfaggy. So um, uh, there are not as many Alateen groups as there is um, Alanon ones, obviously, but um, they're there and um, they do a great job. There's um, the, 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 of, We've had children that come in and they've been so mixed up and things have been really bad at home and... Um, uh, alcoholism tied in with bipolar and 
and um, rehab breakouts and all sorts of trouble. And through coming to um, other teen meetings, these um, young teens have gone through and done their VCE. They've um, had a year off. There's four of them went to um, Europe, travelled around Europe, and just had a ball. And they've um, come back, and there's two going to university. The other ones have got good jobs. And this is um, all because they've... Um, They've realised that, or not realised, through coming to Alateen, have learnt that it's not their fault. If their parents drink, if their parents argue, or whatever's happening at home, it's not their fault. And we have a thing called the three C's, that we didn't cause it, we can't cure it, and we can't control it. And when they learn that, it takes a, a lot off them, that it's not their fault, no matter what happens. And... and Whatever's happens at home, their responsibility is to be the best person they can be, the best person they can be. So that's really wonderful. And there's, we have a, a daily reader called um, One Day at a Time in, in Alateen. And one of the readings in that, this chap was having a, 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 a bad time with his dad. And um, as it was, it just had this reading this day, and it was about um, this um, boy whose father was similar. I was calling him an, an idiot and stupid and an... Um, a rat bag and all this sort of thing. And then his sponsor said, well, to the Alateen, well, if your father called you a chair, would you be a chair? And he said, no. He said, well, you're not a chair and also you're not stupid. So what your father says when, when he's drinking is not relevant to you. And then some other, other Alateen said, when their parent was drinking, they'd look at him, they'd see a glass of beer. And they'd start to laugh because no matter what the... The, the parents said while they were um, been drinking was um, it wasn't them it was the alcohol talking and and it took a lot of that we talked before about shame we took took all that shame away and they'd have friends come around and say you can come around to my place but um, my mother might be drunk or, or my dad might be drunk but I thought that's a matter my dad drinks a bit too or something you know and um, they all help each other it's like um, I couldn't teach uh, a young person to skateboard but another young person could teach someone to skateboard. So we have these Alatinas that have been here for a while and uh, they know what it's like and a new one will come in and they'll help them. And we had the example of um, a boy uh, a boy came in and he was upset and the group asked what what, what was wrong and he said that um, his father broke in rehab and I said, oh, that's all right, it takes a while. My, my father broke three times and mine said it twice. It's, you know, I said, it's really hard, you know, going to rehab. It's hard to stop drinking, you know, it's really bad. He said, oh, is it? Is it? Mm. And he come in really miserable and, and, and thought the world was against him and he went out smiling. So this is how they help one another. And they, um, that they um, ring each other up and talk to each other when things are going bad. And they've learnt that if something's, parents are fighting and arguing, they just go to their room, turn the stereo up, or, or they concentrate on their homework. They try and do... Uh, improve themselves. Um, yeah, so it's um, it, it does work, but it doesn't work for all of them. Some people are, um, are just their um, their things are so bad they have to go and get other help. And we always encourage them that allatine is not the only thing; it's part it's part of the answer. So if you've got to go and see a psychologist or see someone else, that's good, um, as, as long as you as you get better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's and and I think the other thing is just helping them to understand that what they're experiencing in they're not the only one experiencing this, mm. and that. It's okay that there's a there's a wide range of family experiences that you don't have to have the perfect family. Nobody's got the perfect yeah. family, but 
when you're isolated and you have problems at home, you think your family's the worst. But yeah, no, there's a lot of other, a yeah. lot of other families who don't have drinking as a problem who have other problems. Yeah. So um, yeah, and getting kids to understand that yeah, to look for the good. Yeah. You know, what What are the good things about the alcoholic? Yeah. Not concentrating on the bad. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I find now that. My life, it's been good growing up because I, I was in an alcoholic situation. I don't sit there and think, oh, poor little, little me, you know, like then I lost, you know, dealt me a, a bad hand. And now I appreciate what's happened here because I can talk to the, the teens and, and know how they feel and, and say how I felt at the time and what I did. And another thing which is good, tell them the mistakes I made. These are the mistakes that I made. Don't do it because it, this is what happened to me and it's... Um, it's, it, it doesn't always work out the, the way you want. So um, it's um, I, I find it's really good. And um, what what the good thing about it is, we have people called sponsors, and we have two sponsors at each meeting, and and each sponsor has to be have a working with children card. They have to police check. They have to be in Al-Anon for three years. They've got to have two referees to say what they think they're okay. And then they've got to uh, have an interview and. Then they have to go to six Alateen meetings, sit in to see what they're like, and before and then after all that, they can be a sponsor. So there's a, a big vetting program before they go in, and so the children are, um, are well looked after. And there's always always two sponsors here at all times to to protect the children and protect the sponsors. Yeah, and I understand that um, the Alateen meetings meet around the same time, so there's an Alateen group for each Alateen group. Is that is that right? Yeah, uh, all, all the meetings in Victoria, that they all meet at the Alanon meetings at the same time. So the parents will come and they'll drop the children. The children will go to one room for the Alateen meeting, and the Alanons, the, the mum or dad or the guardian or the grandparent will, will go to the Alanon meeting. So they get good recovery. And um, I find too, there's a lot of um, AA people bring their children to um, Alateen, and they'll they'll find that um, find the group of. They'll go home in the car and they'll be talking about the steps or, or how to handle step three or how to do this, and it, it brings the family together. And there's one particular family that um, mum and dad goes to AA, mum goes to Alanon, and um, the children go to Alateen. And if it's a rainy day and, and, the, and they can't get to a meeting, they'll sit around and get all their daily readers out and have a meeting at home. So, and, and they learn to express their feelings, how they feel at the time. They don't push things down. And that's one of the greatest things I've found with my children with me is to be able to tell my children I love them and put my arms around them and, uh, and, and give them a big hug and a kiss. And um, and, and when I speak to them, uh, before I hang up, I tell them I love them and I, I, I don't wait for them to say they love me back. It's, um, it doesn't matter. I've said how I feel. And it's um, to be able to express those feelings and let children know that they're loved. And I try to let the, uh, the other sponsors, let the Alateens know that... Um, uh, the parents are, are doing the best they can at the time. They're doing the best they can, and that they can't give you what they haven't got. But um, the, the, the parents love them, but they, they express it in different ways. Like a, a lot of people will um, come and say they're sorry and do that, but other people just um, they might buy something for you or do something for you or, or just other things. And, um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's um, one of the things that I noted also. I when I came into Alan, my I was really very critical of my father. And the fact that his drinking was causing a problem in my life and our family's life. And I went on to realise that my dad's father was an alcoholic. And he also had a brother and one of his brothers was an alcoholic. And so he'd grown up in an alcoholic home himself. 
And so he didn't have he didn't have the skills. The same as when I came into Allen, I didn't have any of the skills. He didn't have any of the skills, you know, about families and and family life that he could pass on to me. But what he did was pretty good. And I, I guess I realised that I needed to look for for some of the good things in him rather than always looking for the bad. And because with an alcoholic, there's plenty of bad. Don't, yeah, don't get yeah. me wrong. <laughs> but it's I, I just never looked at, at any of his qualities. That's and I think good. that's that was something I learned in Alan that if if you appreciate somebody for their qualities, then you appreciate them a lot more and you can respect them a lot more as well. Yeah. Yeah, I find too that um some of the children will be uh, thinking about how bad their families comparing to other ones and, and then we say to them well um, who else is going to um, put a roof over your head, who's going to feed you and who's going to clothe you and who's going to educate you and spend all that money on you and uh, uh, any person who that someone who loves you and loves you dearly um, and, and get them to know that um, they are loved and they are important people and good people and, and the, um, the alcoholic is a sick person. He's not a bad person. He's a sick person trying to get well. Yeah. And not a bad person trying to get, get good. And, um, yeah. and, and once they realise that and it's a disease and they can't help it, and that's why it's good to get the children to uh, an AA, open AA meeting so they can hear the alcoholics talk and yeah, know what, how hard it is. Yeah. yeah. And also, I guess, for the, um, for the kids to appreciate too that you know, they might come to Alateen, but neither of their parents might go to AA or Alanon, and so they've got to deal with two people who've got untreated family disease of alcoholism mm. and still realize that they're okay and they can they can do it you know the other the my mum never came to Alanon um, and my dad never went to AA but I could still have a good life yep. because it was about me it wasn't about them yeah yeah before yeah. that I always focused on them they caused the problems, yeah. whereas I realised that I was part of it and part of getting out of that uh, mindset was thinking, well, I have choices, I just don't exercise them. Correct, yeah. 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 That's what I was saying. When you have choices, you're not a victim. Yeah. Not yeah. A victim. yeah, yeah. You've got choices, yeah. And um, you, you can't look at other people and say, oh, I'd be all right if it wasn't for them. You can be all right no matter what, what happens in life. You can be all right. And some of the things that people have gone through and they come out the other end and they're okay, yeah. They're, they're going through it and um, makes you realise that, um, yeah, um, my life's not that bad, you know. It's yeah. Good. And you, you tell someone, you know, people say, oh, uh, life's a bugger. And I, I tell this story. I was, years ago I, I did the overland track to Europe and I was in India and there's a, a young boy lying on the uh, train platform on the concrete asleep and all he had on was rags, and he had a, um, a jam tin in his hand. And that jam tin, he used to beg with that and eat out of it and do everything. And that was all he had. And these people, you know, say, oh, oh, I haven't got the latest TV or something. So life's pretty bad. So it puts it in perspective, you know, puts it in perspective. And you don't have to. And material things uh, won't make you happy all the time. It's, you got like they say, happiness comes from the inside. You can be happy no matter what you got, as long as you feel good within yourself. And um, yeah, uh, uh, and you, you, you can um, yep. Yeah, sort of. Right. Well, we're just about up to time, so I'll close off. Thank you very much for uh, listening. Um, that's all we've got time for today. I'd like to say thanks to our guest John. Thank you for having me for sharing his Alan on recovery and a bit about Alan on history and Alateen. Uh, stay tuned now for Black Noise Radio. 
hosted by Kerry Lee and featuring black news and views, current affairs, music, sport, culture and the arts and all from an Aboriginal woman's perspective. See you all next week when we'll be talking more about recovery from drug and alcohol.